Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. can't read those, girl. Kid, kid, kid. Kid, kid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip actually from last week's episode of The Real Houses of Beverly Hills, but I didn't have the clip on the soundboard. I had to add it. It's Asher, Diana's husband, of course, when he was singing, just yelling at Eric Jane. Girl. You can't read those, girl. Kid, 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 kid. Girl. Girl. Nothing brings me the boost of serotonin I need like Asher singing No Holy Night and yelling at Erica Jane to get away from the music notes. And this week on the show, we learned a lot about Bamboozle Jane. We learned that she's a dominatrix. I think she's trolling us. I think she's trolling us. I think she's leaning into the Blanche Devereaux sex persona because she wants to distract from all the legal stuff she's got going on. So I think she's pretending to be all like sex, talking about dick every second. Again, I'm not saying that she's not a freak in the sheets. Me, myself, I'm uh, Rihanna in the sheets and a Gretchen Christine Butte in the streets. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, I think she's definitely leaning in. And now she's talking about like the the dominatrix of it all. And she says, I, didn't she say she wanted to be a madame or something? I think I wrote it down in my notes. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but boy, we have a lot to talk about. Before we get into the episode, I have to say, Taylor Armstrong enough has officially joined the Real House of Orange County as a friend of. They announced that she's joining the cast. And if you listen to Everything Iconic every week, you might remember that I told you all that exact news a few weeks ago. You might have heard that a couple weeks back. I made that prediction. And here I was. I was right. This was before. This was weeks and weeks ago. And so my next prediction, and this has been sort of hinted around, Phaedra has said that she's going to join the Dubai cast. She said to page six, she talked about joining the Dubai cast. I think she will. I, that's my prediction. I haven't heard that. That's not like some secret news that I heard somewhere. But if you listen on the podcast, you know that I'm usually right about these things. If there's one thing I know, I might not know much about uh, uh, states and world history or other languages, but I certainly know about the Housewives universe. So, you know, that's one thing you can listen to me on. If you have a question about the Muppets or Real Housewives, I'm your guy. 
the Sister Act franchise, here I am. First Wives Club, I got all I need to know about that. But I don't know quite a bit about some of those uh, other topics like math or finances. There's plenty of other things I don't know about is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, Taylor Armstrong, I'm glad to see it. I don't know that she'll really bring much. I mean, on the Ultimate Girls trip, she was fine. I thought she was fine. And as a friend of, like, I'm excited. I think leaning into the history of the Housewives franchises is good. And so I'm excited to see your end. But now I just feel like it's rude almost to not have Vicky there. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the real house size of Beverly Hills this week. We open with Lisa Rinna in the kitchen. And she was making tea. She was calling the gals and trying to invite them over because she's having a rosé launch, which I have a lot of thoughts about. But what I was really focused on this whole scene was the rat problem. Of course, those of you longtime listeners and longtime viewers of The Real House of Beverly Hills remember that Lisa Rinna did have a kitchen rat problem years ago. Remember, it was the storyline a few seasons back. You know, they were, didn't have a lot going on. It was maybe the season with Erica Jane's panties, or maybe it was the Lucy Lucy season. But there was one season where the overarching story, personal storyline of Lisa Rinna was that she had a kitchen rat problem. And so I was just watching this whole scene. I'm like, are they going to update us on the rats? Like, did we get an extra? exterminator in there? Like, how are the rats doing? Did she invite them in and raise them as pets? Like, what's happening? What's the tea? What's the tea on the rat problem? And unfortunately, I didn't get any information about the rat problem. And bravo, that's on you. I need someone to just give me... They do the after shows now on the YouTube or on social media. You could see an after show. And so I'm hoping that's at least addressing the after program. Because if not there, then where? If not there, then where? Maybe we need to have him on the show, on this podcast, uh, to get to the bottom of it. But she's calling everyone. She calls Diana. She calls Kyle. They both have COVID. Now, I'm not happy for anyone having COVID, and I don't want anyone to get sick or ill. But I was happy that Diana was not going to be in this episode because, girl, girl, I do not need to see it no more. I do not need to see Diana no more. Not one more episode. I don't need to see Diana. Throw Asher on the screen. He should have been invited to Rinna's Rosé launch. I would have rather had him there singing Oh Holy Night. Then I would have liked to see Diana, and so thank God she wasn't on this episode. But isn't it so weird with the COVID of it all? And I know that filming must be so challenging for these producers and the people involved in the production. Oh, and you guys, I did hear some tea. Okay, I did hear some COVID-related stuff, and this is regarding The Real House of Atlanta. Now, don't take this as fact. Just take this as allegedly, but you know, sometimes people pop in my DMs. And I had actually heard from like multiple different people about this on The Real Houses of Atlanta. So if you watch Atlanta Housewives, they went on their cast trip and they were at this cabin. Marlo planned this cast trip at a cabin. And then she kicked everyone out after a day. And remember I said on the podcast, I was like, that's so weird because why would they have filming clearances for a whole cast trip? And it's just one night they show us and it didn't seem like enough happened that we should be kicking everyone out. Okay, so I don't know if this is true and forgive me if I'm spreading lies. I certainly don't want to spread lies. But here I'm about to do that anyway. So I heard that there was a COVID exposure. And so that's actually why the trip on Atlanta was cut short, which makes so much more sense than the fact that Marlo was just like, I'm kicking everyone out. This trip is over. So it makes more sense if we look at it like, oh, uh, there was a COVID exposure, so they all had to leave the vacation early. Do you get what I mean? Like that now, watching those episodes makes more sense to me because I was like, why would that? They would have had to get clearance on the locations. They would have had the cast prepare to be gone for a weekend, and then they wouldn't just stop filming for the rest of the weekend or whatever days they were scheduled to be on this cast vacation. 
And then if you'll notice, like the next week, we had cut ahead a couple weeks to it was like Ace's birthday, which I suppose somebody had sent me in the DMs, which happened like a few weeks later, meaning they had to shut down production for a couple. So again, I can't even imagine what it's like filming. And maybe that was all a lie. Again, I don't really know. I'm just reporting what was in my DMs, girl. Girl? So that's what I heard. So take it or leave it. Get on the train or get off. But that makes way more sense. And so I'm choosing to believe that that's what happened. Anyway, Kathy was exposed, so she can't come. She just rejoined the cast, and now Kathy was exposed to COVID on The Real House of Beverly Hills. I'm like, ugh. And then they keep talking about, okay, so Rinna's got this rosé launch. And she said it's because of the Provence trip, which was the most, I'm sorry to say this, but it was the most boring housewives trips I've ever seen ever seen. They went all the way to France. And I actually blame that trip for a lot of what trickled down in the rest of the Housewives universe, because I feel like after that, they started just send the cast to like these little places in the States, like they're going to the Jersey Shore, you know, like they're not going in really glamorous places no more. It seems like we're getting back to the glamorous places. But didn't we all feel like there was a little lull? And I'm not even just saying a COVID lull. I feel like there was a lull right before COVID where it was like, we weren't really getting any glamorous vacations. And I think that's because Bravo was like, well, we paid all this fucking money to send the Beverly Hills Housewives to Provence and nothing fucking happened. The whole trip, remember, there was nothing that happened. It was like, Kyle, the Splits Richards did an impression of Teddy Mellencamp. And that was like one whole episode. <laughs> so anyway, they keep flashing back to Provence. And I'm like, I can't see it. I don't want to see it. Don't show me Provence because I just had a flashback to that season. It was truly one of the worst. It was the worst. Remember they had to add, I think that was the season they added Camille back in the last minute because it was flopping so hard. They're like, Get Camille in here. You know, it's like a bad season when they're like, we got to call up Brandy. We got to call up Camille, get him in here. Which by the way, I wish they would call up Brandy and Camille, get him in here because they're always unhinged and they bring a lot to the show. And so I'd like someone to get Brandy on speed dial. She should have shown up at Rinna's rosé launch. Anyway, so Rinna keeps talking about this rosé as if it's like something she's like been in the works for three years. And then Dorit showed up at the launch and she's like, it's been in the works for three years. And it's like, okay, I've never heard of this. (laughs) Did anyone else feel that way? I was like, I have never once heard of this. And now we're acting like it's something that we all should have been in the, in the know about for three whole years or something. Did it just get edited out of the show or was it something that they had been talking about on the show and that I've just like completely glazed over, you know, like Diana scenes where your eyes just glaze over and you black out for a second and you don't know what even happened. That's what I feel like. Maybe it was on the show and I just missed it. Although I take copious notes, maybe I missed Rinna talking about this rosé because it made no fucking sense to me. I don't even think Rinna drinks that much. You know, Bamboozled Jane, she's getting drunk as a skunk. She's getting lit on the boat, as she tells us. So it would make sense if Bamboozle Jane would come up with like a Bamboozle Bourbon or something. I don't know. I've workshopped the name later on, but that would make me more sense to me. That would pretty mess Midori. I'm not sure. But that Rinna Rose, I'm like, just because the name's like an alliteration or the name makes sense doesn't mean that we need the product line. You know, the lip kit, that makes total sense to me. I'm like, you think our lips and you think Arena. That makes sense. But Rosé, it's like, I'm not ever thinking of... And then Beverly Hills, of course, they always have Lisa Vanderpump. And I've been bamboozled way too many times by these women's liquor brands. I've tried them all, and they all taste like chemical waste. <laughs> they all taste like chemical waste. And did you hear about, in, what is it, New York or some or Las Vegas or something, they're finding like all these diseases in the water now. You know, you get polio and monkeypox in the water. 
And I'm just thinking that's, uh, that's what I imagine like Rena Rose tasting like. And they were all sitting around the tasting like, mmm, this is so good. They are acting like it's good. But I was like, they will not trick me because I was ready to go order it, which I don't even think it's available. I went online, but I was ready to go order it because they were selling it so hard at me. And then that was when I had like a self-reflective moment. And I was like, Danny, you need to cool it because I've been bamboozled by all of their product lines. I bought the LVP Rosé, which tastes like pure chemicals. Skinny Girl, I'm sorry. I probably have a bottle of Skinny Girl in my cupboard now. And I will drink it as soon as we're done here. But it does taste like uh, wastewater. It does. It tastes like, uh, I don't know, Erica Jane pissed in a lake and then they bottled it up. You know, <laughs> Remember when she told Garcelle to go piss on the new girl? I feel like Garcelle uh, just went and pissed in a bottle and then they, uh, Rena is selling it, as we never say. That's what uh, all of their alcohol brands, Ramona Pinot Grigio, I bought a whole case of that back in the day. None of it is good. None of it. None of it. None of it. So we need to stop being tricked by these alcohol brands, these lines. And, but maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. They all said it was good. They were, I mean, Doree's like, mmm. <laughs> Dorit was selling it almost as much as she was selling Jamie Lee Curtis's wind chime. <laughs> it's the shakest wind chime. It was like, Dorit was like, mmm, this is so good. This is the best rosé. And then they had a bubbly rosé. I was like, I've never even heard of you guys drinking rosé. Uh, anyway, Kathy, I already said she couldn't come to this thing. Uh, we cut to Sutton's house and Waylon, we get to meet the kids. So Waylon, the dog is there digging up the grass, which I just love that dog. Joshua, the assistant is there. Philip, Sutton's son, who I don't believe that we've ever met before. He's 18. Porter, the daughter's 19. And we meet the kids. I think she's got another kid, but can't be on because not 18. And so Philip, I think, must have just turned 18. And so now he can film with Sutton. And he was a cute kid. I was like, oh, I like to see Sutton as a mother. And she was making, uh, she was making a salad. What was she making? A, a chicken salad. Like Kim Richards. It's like, I love how Beverly Hills also have making a chicken salad. Making, what was Kim Richards was making a pasta salad, potato salad, something back in the day. And Sutton said, the secret is lots of mayo. And I was concerned about Sutton's cooking because I thought, I don't know about that. But then when she served the Wonder Bread, that was when I was like, okay, wait, actually, I do trust Sutton's cooking and I would love to try it because she is a Southern gal. She had a, she had a loaf of Wonder Bread in the cupboard, which I think is probably one of the most rare things you'd ever see in Beverly Hills. You're not going to Splits Richard's house and getting a loaf of Wonder Bread. Let me tell you that. You are going to Sutton house, Sutton's house and getting a loaf of Wonder Bread for your chicken salad. And so that immediately put me at ease. I thought, okay, Sutton can cook, and now I want to try her food. And now I'm interested in a line of Sutton's uh, chicken salad or a recipe book or something. You know, now that makes sense to me. Uh, but if Sutton were to all of a sudden say, I'm doing a, I don't know, some alcohol, I'd be like, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. But uh, some sort of, I don't know, some sort of food thing now makes sense to me. Uh, she, I will point out that they were drinking, uh, LaCroix. Now I have, I think said this on my social media, but I was addicted to LaCroix. LaCroix, I don't know, LaCroix, I don't know how you fuck you say it, but I recently got into the Waterloo. The Waterloo, it's another sparkling beer. And now I'm addicted to that. But the only problem is, I do have one problem with the Waterloo, is I always want to sing the ABBA song every time I go to grab a can of it, which is every five minutes I'm drinking a can of it. But I always want to sing like, Waterloo, you know, from ABBA or Mamma Mia, either or. Uh, so I think that's a problem. I would maybe like us to change the name or something. But I have to say, if you're one of those people out there like myself who is drinking the LaCroix, and this is not an ad, 
Although they did send me a couple boxes free of charge, so I do love the Waterloo people. But even so, this is not an ad. I'm just saying this because you all need to know the Waterloo is much better. I feel like it lasts way longer, so it stays. You know, the LaCroix, after two seconds, I feel like at 15 seconds, that thing is flat. Flat as a fucking pancake. But now with the Waterloo, I feel like you drink it. So anyway, it's not an ad, although if they want to send me more, they can send it all to me because I will promote the shit of them. I love it. I'm addicted to it. Addicted to it. I can't stop. So I saw Sutton drinking the LaCroix, and I was yelling through the screen. I'm like, get rid of that. Get some water. Waterloo. Uh, I do have to say the assistant. One thing I want to talk about is the assistant who they keep showing Sutton's assistant. So obviously he's going to come to play later, and we know that he comes into play with the Kathy Hilton of it all. Allegedly, she called them some names. Girl? And so uh, that's going to come into play towards the end in the Aspen trip. But I do want to say that he saw the daughter and he said, hi, baby. <laughs> I don't know why it made me laugh so hard. Did anyone just catch this? He was going outside and the daughter was like coming inside and he goes, hi, baby. And I don't know. It was just kind of, it reminded me, of, I'm not saying it right, but it reminded me of like in a jazzy way. Like, you know, when you're like, hey, baby, like, in, <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense, but you know, like. I picture like in a jazz lounge, like I, like if I were to go to one and I'd have a cigarette and a whiskey, I'd be like, Hey baby. Like I felt like that was the kind of vibe he said to the daughter. And it was just so odd to me because it was like the assistant talking to the daughter. And I know he's around all the time. So he's got a very close relationship with the family, but it was just so jazzy. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just pictured him in like a, in a dark, like smoky room being like, Hey baby, <laughs> Joshua. Joshua just yelling, hey, baby. And it is weird to say that if as the assistant, as like the worker of the house to say it to the daughter, it's like kind of weird, but I loved every second of it. So, hey, baby. Hey, baby. It was almost like a little Dorit-ish without the act. Hey, baby. You know, Dorit's more Austin Powers, but Joshua, the assistant, is more like jazzy in a jazz club with a long cigarette, a Marlboro Light, and a whiskey neat. You know, that's the kind of hey, baby he gave. Uh, anyway, the Phil's going to military school. We learn a little bit about the kids. Seems like good kids. They do, it looks like each Sutton raised good kids. They seem like nice and polite. Well balanced. I mean, they're young, 18, 19, and they had manners. They were saying thank you and please. And I heard, I was clocking that. You know, I always clock the manners with the kids and parents out there. You got to make sure you get the kids got the manners. That's important. You got to say please. You got to say thank you. You just got to have those very basic manners because a lot of kids don't have these. They, they have those these days. Ladies, am I right? Girl? Girl. <laughs> By the way, a couple of weeks ago, you guys are going to tell this story. So a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I had mentioned how, you know, it's my dream to voice an animated character. And the listeners of this podcast, you guys are all superstars. So people reach out to me. There was like one woman who reached out to me. It was like, my husband's a producer. And then there was another producer who reached out to me. And so I'm not saying it's happening. You know, we don't have a contract in place, but I am saying that you listeners out there, I mean, the icons, your icons, because I said, I just want to voice like some sort of animated sidekick character, a bird or something. I recommended maybe I'm like a gay pelican who comes in the scene and I'm just like the sidekick character. And then I come in and there's a detective, like a little girl detective. And I'm playing like the voice of a gay pelican. And I just come in and I'm like, girl, girl, girl. And uh, so that's the dream. That's the goal of the dream. That's the end goal line. And so, you know, people reach out to me. It might have, if, could you imagine if it happened if I'm suddenly playing like a gay pelican or I don't know, a gay something sidekick character? I'd love it. I'd love it. And I told the one producer reached out. I said, look, the icons need it and want it. And we will get this mother to the top of the charts 
if you put me in that, we'll get a number one on Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. I'm not sure. The listeners here, we're a lot of parents. We've got a lot of powers. So we got to, if this happens, I'm going to need you all to watch. I'm not sure what channel or network it will happen on, but we're going to need to all watch. Sit in front of, sit in our asses in front of the TVs. If you're a Nielsen viewer, you're going to have to sit your ass in front of the TV and watch if it ever happens. Then we have this Garcelle and Dorit scene, and they meet for lunch or something, and they're like, are we hugging? And no one knows. And I feel like that's the most awkward thing about this whole COVID, post-COVID world that we're living in. I'm a hugger. I just want to hug people, too. And I have noticed the same thing. I like, do we, are we hugging, embracing? And now there's all these other things you need to worry about. And I do just need the touch. Like, I need to touch people. And not in a weird way, but like, I just like a good hug, a good bear hug from an old friend, nothing better. And so I've been hugging and I don't, th- I think people might be not okay with that, but I've been doing it. And so any friends out there, if you're listening, I'm sorry for hugging you. Uh, Garcelle talks about how she's doing her audiobook. I think I recorded my audiobook in the same place. It looked very familiar. And Garcelle's got the book coming out. She's like, well, when writing the book, it was, I want it to be revealing and stuff like that. And I was thinking, I don't think you really wrote the book. <laughs> They don't really write the book. And so I just love when they're all in the confessional and they're like, it was so hard opening up about writing while I sat down to write this book. And I'm like, you mean when you sat down and somebody interviewed you so they can write your book? Hmm? Hmm? Girl? Anyway, I'm happy that she got the book out and she told her story. That's the most important part. Everyone's got a story, so she told her story. So good for her. I'm not trying to discount Garcelle. And she shouldn't be writing a book. She's a busy gal. She's got a lot going on. She's on TV. She shouldn't have to sit down in front of the word and and type. So good. Dorit also ordered her drink with the carcass out, which is so, I know we've already discussed that, but it's really, it's really too much. Uh, Garcelle then, oh my God, you guys. Oh my God. Did you guys catch this when Garcelle brought up the DUI? <gasps> she just said, Garcelle's being so messy this season. She's really stirring the pot. She just sits down. And she goes, so I heard about PK's DUI. <gasps> and the look on Dorit's face. And you know that she knew they were talking about it, but I don't think Dorit was like ready for how just blunt Garcelle would bring, be to bring it up. Because I'm sure they get some sort of schedule of like, okay, you and Garcelle are going to sit down and Garcelle's going to ask you about the DUI. And instead of like easing into it, Garcelle just goes, yeah, I heard about PK's DUI. And then Dorit's like, alleged DUI. And it's all like so ridiculous because, oh my God, the Alexa's talking to me. Alexa, shut up. Oh my God, these robots. They're always after me. I usually tell the robots to be on Do Not Disturb. Alexa, turn on Do Not Disturb. That fucking bitch. Anyway... (laughs) Do you guys call your robots names? I feel like I'm always just like swearing at them. The Alexas and all the, I don't know, the series and everything. I feel like I'm always just calling them a fucking bitch. <laughs> Girl? Oh, they annoy me. They annoy me and they just chase me. And I swear, I, every fucking day I'm turning on do not disturb mode, but then it still disturbs me. So what's the truth, Amazon? Can't we get that figured out? And then don't you hate when they're like, we got a notification for you. We, do you want to hear it? And I'm like, no, quit bugging me. Ugh, fucking bitch. <laughs> That's so mean of me. But they're robots. They're not humans. Uh, where were we? Oh, we were talking about PKA's DUI, which is so funny to me because, yeah, they're all, I mean, of course they're denying it. And Dorit's like, yeah, they, he was so shooken up in that situation and they drove him home. And Garcelle's like, yeah, the police would never just like drive a black person home. Like they would not just like slap him on the wrist and then pretend like the, they didn't actually blow a DUI. You know, like that whole thing was just so fucking fishy where it's like, yeah, he got, 
pulled over and blew over the limit, said he only had one glass of wine, then was brought into the police station where he suspiciously, miraculously blew under the legal limit and then was escorted home. Like, it's all a crock of bullshit. (laughs) It's all such a crock of bullshit. And I just love that we're all pretending like, oh, yeah, like, that's true. (laughs) I mean, God bless. I hope he learned his lesson. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, put him in the slammer. I'm just saying it's all like so funny bullshit. And they like hearing them all talk around and be like, alleged DUI. And it's like, okay. And then Garcelle even is just like, she's laughing at it. She's just laughing at this point. It's just, it's like so past the point of like, uh, it's like, what are we going to do? It's all such a crock shit. The whole world's on fire and a big old mess. Anyway, we should take a break here. (laughs) Oh, I'm in a giddy mood today. Let's take a commercial break. I want to thank ACAST. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. We got so much more to talk about. We got to talk about that scene with Bamboozled Jane and, and her and the dick. I like dick. Uh, let's take a break here and we'll be right back. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back, girl. Girl? Girl, we're back. Girl. Get it, get it. Get it. Get. You can't read those, girl. You can't read those, girl. <laughs> uh, I mean, is this not the funniest thing ever? You can't read those, girl. Girl? You can't read those, girl. Girl? Girl. You can't read those, girl. I love Asher. I love him. And he's a musician. He's got a song on Spotify. I'm never going to listen to it because who wants to? There's other things to listen to. If I'm going to Spotify, I'm not going there to listen to Asher, okay? At the bare minimum, I'm at least going to Countess Luann's Spotify playlist. I'm not going to Asher. I mean, I will subject my ears to a lot of things. I've I've downloaded upwards of five Countess Luann songs, but I'm certainly not going to go to Asher's Spotify. But I do love the man. I do want to say it here and now. I do love that man. And so I'm sure that will change in the future. I'll change my mind in five minutes. But for the moment, I love him. Girl? Girl. Okay, so then Erica Jane, Bamboozle Jane, sitting down to have coffee with her staff. And it's got to be super expensive to keep them. She's told us, she's saying in one of her ditties that she says it's expensive to be me. E, 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 e. And she's got Jack, her publicist there. She's got Leia, the assistant, Mikey, the creative director. I mean, how much money is she shilling out for this whole group? This whole cast of people, this cast of characters she keeps in that house. Must be a lot of money. And so they discuss Erica's dating life. She says Maurice has an, Mauricio has an NFL player and Olympic gold medalist. Now, who is this man? Was that the same person? 
Is this a common knowledge of who this man is? Because are there plenty of NFL players who are also Olympic gold medalists? I'm not very familiar with football. Anyway, moving on. She says, I want to have some good dick. She says, I've just been trying to get some good dick. Dick is great, and I don't have time. Dick is great, and I don't have time for boyfriends. I've just been trying to get some good dick. And she's just talking about dick. I like dick. Just talking about dick left and right. And she must have said dick upwards of 15 times in this one scene. It was like a 30-second scene or something. She's like, dick, 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 dick. I want dick. Give me some dick. (laughs) I was like, okay, Bamboo's a Jane. Like, cool it on the dicks. And I love a dick. I love dick talk. I love dick. I love the act of it. I love everything about a dick. Who doesn't? Ladies, am I right? But I was just even still watching. I'm like, okay, stop saying dick. Like, every other word, dick, dick. I mean, you would have thought someone named Richard was in the room. Anyway, so she keeps saying it. And then she says, I decided I want to be a part-time dominatrix. She says, I was having an intimate moment, and this guy said to me, you'd be a great dominatrix. And I said, I think I would be good. I'd have no more than five clients, though. She's like, I'm bossy. I like latex, and I could call it the pretty mess dungeon. And then she tells him the confessional. She's like, go trademark that. Go trademark that now. And she's just barking orders at somebody. And I'm happy that she's wanting to be a dominatrix, but again, I feel like this she's trolling us, and this is no, no offense to anyone out there who is a dominatrix. Like like no, we're into S&M. We don't sex shame here on Everything Iconic. We're proud of all the things you want to do in the bedroom, as long as they're consensual. So if you want whips and chains and whatever, you go and do that. I'm just saying, I don't know that I believe it, but I'm into the idea of like a pretty mess dungeon. I like it, but I want it to be more like a theme park kind of thing. You know, like here in Los Angeles, and they do this in other big cities too, in Chicago or New York, they do like the pop-ups where, I don't know, a long time ago, they had like a Saved by the Bell pop-up where you would go and eat dinner and they had it set up like the Max, which is where they ate dinner or now, or ate lunch on Saved by the Bell. And now they have like the Golden Girls pop-up where it's like you're eating in the Golden Girls kitchen and they're serving things like cheesecakes, like feeling like you're in an episode. So I like the idea of her doing the Pretty Mess Dungeon, but it's like a theme park ride or something. Where you go, there's like an animatronic version of lips in the corner, just like yelling things at you and cackling and being like, bitch, bitch. You know, <laughs> like you're on some sort of roller coaster ride and lips is a, you know, just a robot version of lips in the corner, just yelling, bitch, hey, bitch. Like when you get on the thing and then you go up a hill and when you get to the top of the hill, you go down and you go under like splits legs. So like there's a big version of splits and you just go under her legs quickly go past Diana and no one really pays attention to that part of the ride. You know, like I, I, we, I, we could get some other things going on there. I don't know. I'd have to spitball, but I do like, I pay a fee. Maybe they could have some of her music playing. They could have at the end, Asher, there serenading us. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Girl. Maybe you get on and he just asks girl, girl, girl. And then <laughs> I don't know. We could get a ride though. And I'd pay a lot of money for that. So that's something I'm into. A pretty mess dungeon. Go for it. So then we cut to Lisa, Lips, Rena, and Sutton meeting. And I wrote my notes. This episode is boring me. And it didn't bore me at the end, but I just wanted to point out that up until this point, it was definitely boring me. Because this is then when Rena's talking about a rosé wine. She's like, I'm coming out with the wine. You know, Rena rosé, finally. And I'm like, I don't think you finally even make sense in this capacity. I never heard of this one time my whole life. I bet I could go through my notes. Uh, the last three seasons of Beverly Hills, I know there was like one season I didn't cover on Everything Iconic because it was so 
it was such a flop. But I think, but I think I could go back in my notes. I don't think Rena would Rena Rose would ever be in the notes, not even one time. And so it doesn't make sense to me that we're all. I feel like they're gaslighting us. Is that the proper usage of the word gaslighting? Because I feel like they're all trying to gaslight us into thinking that Rena Rose was something that they would planned all along. We've heard of a hundred times. I never heard of it once. And you're all trying to trick me, and I won't stand for it. I will not stand for it. I will not stand for it, girl. Girl? Okay, so then uh, her and Sutton talk about Rinna being a feckin' bitch, their words. And uh, Sutton says Rinna is like the Grinch, which I love a Grinch reference. You know, I'm obsessed with everything about the Grinch. I know I brought up the Grinch on this podcast upwards of 100 times. I think a couple weeks ago we talked extensively about the Grinch. The Jim Carrey version, completely unhinged, and I will not stop mentioning it as long as I shall live. Then everyone's getting ready for this Rinna thing. We see Bamboozle Jane in hair and makeup. And I wrote my notes. This is where I wrote, they need to switch the cast. <laughs> because we got this big-ass cast. And so many of them aren't even with us this episode. There was no crystal. There was no uh, splits. It was like, it's big-ass cast. And they were still boring me. But they all are getting ready. We see Rinna's house. They're serving cocktails. She's got the Rinna Rita. And I can't even say any more about this. But Harry enters with a turtleneck and glasses looking like Andy Warhol. Did anyone else notice this? I mean, Harry Hamlin is a gorgeous young man. By young, I mean definitely he's very up there in age. Uh, I should say a gorgeous elderly man. He's a gorgeous elderly man. And he always has been. He was Sexiest Man Alive, People Magazine, years and years ago, I think back in the 80s. And he deserved it because he's stunning. Anyone ever see his earlier work? He's one of the first people to play a gay man in a feature film. And then he got basically blacklisted for years and years after that. And so I do love me some, uh, I do love me Harry Hamlin and I love that he showed up. He's like, hi girls. And he just was dressed like Andy Warhol. Like did Andy get reincarnated for this or something? Because it felt like Andy Warhol was in the scene and they, as much as I love Harry Hamlin, I would like us to maybe retire the sauce bit. Does anyone else feel that way? I mean, I hate to be a grump and I did get in a lot of trouble actually, because I suggested that we need to lose the bunny. You know how they always reference the bunny and it's like, unwatch what happens live every time you turn it on they're like oh the bunny and they do a bunny game they show the bunny in the clubhouse and then you go to the bravo con and they got the museum with the bunny and i just felt like they all leaned into the bunny too much like the whole network i'm not just talking about like the show and i did get in a lot of heat for that you know i don't think the bravo people were happy with me i don't think uh anyone was i don't think anyone was very happy with me for saying that they leaned way too far into the bunny the whole network uh in fact all of nbc universal i think they're to blame but uh, now I'm starting to feel like we're leaning too far into the Harry's sauce. And I, you guys know I'm no one to judge because I'm the kind of person who takes a joke way too far. Girl? I, <laughs> I've never known a joke to not take too far. I like dick. I go on and on and on. And you guys, I know you get so annoyed. You're like, Danny, you're saying the same joke again a hundred fucking times. I get it. So I have no room to judge, but here I'm about to judge. So they need to stop with the Harry's sauce because every episode I feel like we're talking about Harry's sauce. And then there was a whole storyline where like Garcelle didn't thank him for the sauce. And I'm sure it's a fine sauce, but is he even Italian? I don't, I don't really know that I need to give anyone so much credit for sauce that's not Italian. You know, I come from a big Italian family and the, my Italian foremothers are the ones who I want to hear about their sauce. They're the ones who I want to hear about their pasta sauce. I don't really look at Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin and think like, oh, I bet they produce a lot of really great sauce. You know, I'm sure it's fine. But I almost feel like it's another uh, instance of them tricking us into thinking that it's so good because 
I don't even think those women in Beverly Hills know much about good sauce. Maybe the only one I'd really trust to know good sauce is Sutton, because again, she has the Wonder Bread in the house. And Wonder Bread is terrible for you, but it tastes delicious. So the only one that I'm really interested in knowing about who thinks of the Rinna and Harry's sauce is Sutton, and I don't think I've heard her speak on it. Maybe I have, maybe I missed it. But otherwise, I only want to hear about someone's sauce if they are an Italian grandmother. Like, they have to be 80-plus. I want to see an octogenarian on screen talking about their sauce. They are 80-plus and a grandmother. If they don't have grandkids, I'm not interested. They, I'm sorry if that's a problem for anyone out there, but I'm going to need them to have some sort of Italian background. Their last name better end in a vowel, and they better have grandkids. And you know what? My grandma always had sauce on her shirt. So if I don't see an old sauce stain on her blouse then I won't trust it. Not interested. Remember on Saved by the Bell, we mentioned Saved by the Bell. Remember when Screech had the whole sauce and they like profited off of it and they made him dress up like an old lady or something? <laughs> what the fuck was that show? What a mess. A fever dream that show was. I just posted a clip of it when they had that Casey Kasem documentary episode. I posted on my Instagram account. Because like, what the fuck was going on in Saved by the Bell? What kind of quaaludes were those writers on when they were writing that thing? I mean, it was like, give me those drugs because it was a different time and I bet those were the good drugs. Anyway, there was a whole thing about screech with the sauce. And so uh, I want an old lady, octogenarian or older, grandmother, and they must have sauce stains on their shirts, on their blouses. Lots of them. Lots of them. My grandma never put on a blouse that didn't have a stain on it. Uh, so that's what I want. And Lisa Renna and Harry Hamlin, I'm sorry. I'm being hard on them, aren't I? I'm being hard on them, but I just feel like this whole network now, NBC Universal, if you're out there listening, you're never going to hire me for anything because here I am just talking about how, what a shit job you're doing about leaning into these things. And by the way, I don't want to talk shit about Watch What Happens Live, one of the greatest shows of all time. We love Watch What Happens Live. Okay, so what are we talking about now? I don't, I can't even get to my notes. I feel like, oh, they talked about blowjobs for like 35 minutes, didn't they? They were like, how are Lisa's blowjobs? And I was like, okay, this feels like we're talking about Harry getting ahead of quite a bit. And I'm sure Lips gives a great blowy, but I'm not sure that I need to hear about it for 35 minutes an episode. And God bless, she came out the sex book and all that. And I just don't know. It felt like an extensive amount of time. Then I was kind of disgusted, but then I got even more disgusted because they brought up Crystal's eating disorder. And I wrote my notes like, why? Like Dorit says, okay, this is where I really had a problem because Dorit brought up that at Craig's restaurant, Crystal said she has been vomiting every day. Now, this apparently didn't happen on camera because we didn't see it. The editors would have flashed back to this Craig's thing. Also, I don't think they've ever filmed at Craig's. Craig's is like a pretty uh, well-known LA restaurant or Beverly Hills restaurant. And I've never seen them film there. And I can't imagine they would film there because Craig's is notoriously kind of a private restaurant. It's like a lot of um, uh, celebrities go there. So I don't think this was ever filmed. They would have flashed back to it. And it's so gross that Dorit would bring it up. Now, I know these women are probably freaking out because nothing was really happening. And you can tell always when the women are thinking, like, we need to bring something up. We need something to happen because, like, nothing's really going on. And so they brought up this thing that didn't happen on camera. And it's such a personal thing, like an eating disorder that Crystal's going through. And I understand that Crystal's brought up stuff on her social media. On the episodes, she's brought things up to the gals, she said last week or whatever at that holiday party when Bamboozle Jay was trying to yell at her about the chicken finger. Don't eat that chicken finger. She was uh, the one who was talking about it, but I don't think she said that she threw up every day. And so for Dorit to bring that up, I just thought it was so gross. I wrote, 
STFU in my notes. Shut the fuck up. Uh, and then Rena was like, why won't she get help for that? They were all talking about help. And Sutton was the only one who said, like, she doesn't want to get involved in it. But I also felt like Sutton said that in her confessional. But I don't know that anyone really, like, said it in person. They were all just sitting there like, oh, yeah. And I thought it was just, like, a weird thing to talk about so in-depthly. And I'm sure Crystal wasn't happy about it, the fact that all these gals were sitting around talking about her throwing up. I mean, it was just that felt so gross to me. It just felt so gross. It felt so gross. Why did they do that? And I don't know, maybe it'll be something that comes up later. I'm, it seems like next week in the show, Sutton brings it up to Crystal. So hopefully they discuss it. But I'm sure I don't know, it felt like outing someone's eating disorder. It felt gross to me. I hated it. Then we cut to the wine tasting. Doug, the wine guy, comes by. Uh, and they're all, Dorit's like, it really smells delicious. My God, it's good. You know, she's talking about it. I don't, my Dorit impression. I'm not sure what it's turned into. It's not great. Not great. Uh, so then they talk about Harry's sauce again. They drink it and act like this chemical goo tastes amazing. And maybe it does. I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it. What the fuck do I know? But in the past, I've tried every other housewife product. <laughs> the only thing that's really been good has been Kathy's cannolis. I think that's the that's the peak for me, and I've tried a lot of them. I also loved Maya on Summer House's cookies. They were delicious, but they took upwards of six months to arrive. But they were good. They were fucking good, and I'm sure they only took that long because she got an influx of orders. So they were great. Otherwise, though, I'm not sure like the food products really sit with me. Remember, Shannon Bedore famously came out with the cream cheese salmon, which was truly, to me, the most disgusting. Like, I would much rather drink the chemical waste that is the skinny girl margarita, uh, which, by the way, again, I say I have in my cupboard and I drink uh, every other week, but <laughs> it does not taste good. It does not taste good. But salmon cream cheese, really a low point, really a low point. You know, uh, what's his name? Summerhouse Luke came out with some maple syrup, and I really wanted to buy it. I like had it in my cart. You know, when you go to the website and you're, you have it in the cart, and I almost pulled the trigger and then I didn't. I might pull the trigger. I just don't eat a lot of maple syrup. Like I love, I know people are going to yell at me because some people say syrup, some people say syrup. I say syrup. I know it's pretty, people are yelling at me. Matt always yells at me because Matt gets mad. He says I say syrup, and he's like, it's syrup. And I'm like, it's not, it's syrup. Anyway. Uh, I'm not sure I really eat enough syrup to uh, justify the purchase, but I wanted to try because I felt like, well, he's probably out there on the fucking tree. Like, if there's one thing I know about that man, uh, that gorgeous man who's no longer going to be on Summer House, inexplicably, they kept around some of the other people, and yet Luke, my hot-ass Luke, has gone off my screen, but he's still making his maple syrup somewhere, and I believe that he's at the tree. I'm not sure how his maple syrup is made, but I'm sure he's digging the tree or pounding the tree. I'd like to pound him. Anyway, let's move on to the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Uh, Dorit says she has a friend who thinks Garcelle's the most beautiful woman in the world. And Erica's like, how big is his wallet? Let's get down to brass tacks. And she's getting drunk again. She got drunk the night before. She gets drunk all the time, and she just said she wasn't getting drunk. She told Garcelle. She sat down at the bar and said, Garcelle, I'm not drinking anymore. And then we saw her drink at that place, and now we're seeing her again get drunk at the wine tasting. And I'm happy she's uh, letting loose, but also every single time it's been an inappropriate drunk. And I love watching it. I love it. But it's definitely, <laughs> but if it was my friend or if I was, uh, you know, I, it's starting to get on the grading side. It's starting to be a little too much. Like it's so cringy and I like the cringe, but definitely like if I was there, I'd be like, you need to stop it. You need to cool it. Uh, okay, so then we cut to post-drinks, and Rena says, everyone thinks I'm a cold bitch. And then Cherie's really blowing smoke up everyone's ass. 
And I know everyone was like excited about Cherie, but I'm starting to turn on Cherie because it just does feel, and I like her positive attitude. And so I want to celebrate that. But it does feel like she's just kissing everybody's ass. She's like, you're the best, Rena. And she, I feel like every week she's telling everybody how great they are. And I appreciate the positivity, but it's too much. And Cherie, I'm going to need you to stop. I'm going to need you to cool it. Uh, then Erica and Garcelle sit and talk about Sutton being a liability. Erica says Garcelle s- sticks up for Sutton too much. Meanwhile, all these women have, uh, like Erica's friends, the Fox Force Five, whatever, they have blind loyalty to each other. And then they're judging Garcelle's blind loyalty to Sutton. So I'm not saying that it's not. I actually don't think Garcelle and Sutton have uh, a problem. I think they're just in genuine friendship. But this is a TV show, and you do have to call each other out. And so I understand what Erica's saying. I just wish it wasn't happening on her end with her friends, because they all have a blind loyalty. I mean, the only time that I could remember in the past so many weeks of the show that they've called each other out was last week when Lips sat down with Bamboozle Jane and said, you got a drinking issue. But again, I thought that was so like staged. I felt like Erica Jane was the one who staged that whole scene. And then she's been drinking ever since, so obviously it didn't work. And we see Rinna feeding her the Rinna Rosé. So if Rinna had an actual problem last week where she sat Bamboozle Jane down and said, you really need to watch your drinking because you're on these meds, and had that whole Rinnavention, then why would she invite uh, Erica Jane to the wine tasting and then not say one word when Erica starts getting to be too drunk? I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay. Okay, let's wrap this up. Okay, what else happened? Did I miss anything? Erica says Garcelle doesn't cut her any slack. She says, you don't believe me. And then uh, she said, you don't believe me regarding all her like legal situations. And Garcelle's like, yeah, I don't agree with everything. Erica's just so unlikable. She just almost is like wanting to come across as unlikable as possible. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Anyway, Erica says Sutton gets into spats with everyone and Garcelle's always defending. <sighs> they bring up the Elton John thing again. A fucking again. The Sutton rip, lips, Elton John charity thing. I don't even care about that the first time. And now they're bringing up a fucking again. A fucking again. And then Rinna says there's a reason Sutton wants to hurt her. And this was me thinking that Rinna was just realizing like her 
rosé tasting was like a little bit boring. And, you know, whenever they have a product line launch or something, they need something to happen at it. Otherwise, the thing will get on the cutting room floor, right? So I always look at those events with like a, with my monocle on, you know, like that's when I'm paying extra attention because I know that they have to make something happen and they want something to happen so that their product line gets pressed. So Rina, of course, wants something to happen at her house. She's got the Rina Rosé launch. And if this doesn't happen on camera, then no one will know about the Rina Rosé. Now she got all this free publicity. Not free. I, I don't know if Bravo is getting a cut of this. There's this whole rumor about how Bravo gets a small cut of uh, these products. But I don't know that that's compl- – I think there's like more levels and layers to it from what I hear. I don't think it's all cut and dry. But – she got, I guess, uh, she got it aired because they. She just started yelling. Then she's like yelling at Sutton, and then she's snapping. Ugh, I don't know. I was exhausted by it. So then, when Rena did snap, she tried to kick out Sutton, and it was just kind of. It didn't even make any sense. Sutton said that Rena's always been a soap actress, and then Sutton says, "I'm sorry, I humiliated you." And then that set Rena off too. She's like, "You tried to humiliate me." Although she kept trying to say humiliate, she's like, "You tried to humiliate a bit." <laughs> She was a little tipsy by that point. Made me laugh. She could not not say that word. She tried to say it a hundred times. I was like, girl. Girl? Girl. You can't say it. She tried. She tried. And that's the end. Rinna tries to say humiliate a hundred times. And Sutton, she said, Sutton looked like a fucking fool. I didn't think so. Anyway, next time on the show, PK gets new teeth. PK gets new teeth. We see Crystal and Sutton. So hopefully Sutton says what happened. There's some other singer that shows up. I'm like, who is that? We got one singer on this show, and his name is Asher. Girl? His name is Asher. You can't read those, girl. I hope next week on the show when there's that, whoever that is singing that we see in the preview, I hope he goes to read some musical notes, and I hope Asher, you know what I hope he says to him? You can't read those, girl. You can't read those, girl. That's what I hope Asher said to him, because I don't want to see it. I'm not interested in another singer. Asher's the only singer on this show for me. He's my number one. I love that man. I love that man. I hope, did he do anything awful? I mean, aside from being with Diana. Because <laughs> I do love him, and I don't want to find out that I'm blindly standing someone who's really awful. Anyway, I'm sure he's got some skeletons in this closet, but we'll find about those later. Girl? Girl. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. I want to say we got an interview with Audrina Patridge, formerly of The Hills. It was an episode that just came out this week. So go look for it on the podcast feed or it's on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino. And the number one, uh, thank you all. Let's take a deep breath in. We need to do our cheesy little cool down. So let's take a deep breath in and hold it, girl. Girl? <laughs> breathe, breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in, girl. Girl? Hold it. <laughs> oh, I've been in a giggly mood today. I've been having a great day. I love you all. Some days when I just feel so lucky, the fact, breathe out, by the way. Uh, I feel so lucky that I get to do this show. And in July, we had our biggest month ever, which is amazing. So many years after I started this podcast, biggest month ever. And I just, I'm so grateful to all of you who listen and share. And the fact that it still is growing, it's like wild to me. And I just feel so, so grateful. And I love you all. And I just, it's so fun. Like I have the best time getting to chat with all of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Oh, you keep me young. <laughs> um, okay, girls. Uh, I love you so much. Bye-bye. Girl, you can't read those girl, girl. Love you. Bye-bye.